Oh my goodness. Can you believe that there is only a little over a month left in this decade? 2020 marks the start of a new decade, but you do not have to wait until then to get a jump start on achieving the big goals that you have set for yourself in the new decade. I have put together something that I am so excited to share with you that will prepare you to crush your business and income goals in 2020, and I want you to be the first to know about it. Are you ready? Introducing the 2020 Business Jump Starter. This self-paced course is based on my quit your job framework and is designed to give you everything you need to create or up-level your business before the new year. You will get my Making Money on Social Media digital course so you can learn how to attract the right types of followers who are ready to buy. You will also get a personalized social media audit to pinpoint where the roadblocks are in your social media strategy so you can start building your audience, brand, and bank account. You'll also get my Secrets to Sales Masterclass so you can learn how to sell out your programs like a boss plus my personal word-for-word sales script to help you close on sales and discovery calls. You will also receive my Creating Scalable Coaching Packages Masterclass to learn how to create programs that create more time and financial freedom in your business. And the best part, you get a 60-minute private coaching session with me to create your 2020 Making Money Blueprint so you can achieve all your goals in your business. This course is valued at over $1,400, but for the first five people, I'm offering it for only $333 or two payments of $199. That's over an $1,100 savings. I will be opening up this offer to the public on Black Friday, but I wanted to open this incredible offer up to you, my loyal podcast listeners, first. So if you're interested or want to grab your spot, go to the link in the show notes now because the spots will sell out. Don't wait until 2020 to get a jump start on building the business of your dreams. Aloha, beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Uplifting Podcast. Today, my guest is Janet Mohappy Banks, who is a superhero coach for Conscious Awakening. Before becoming a coach, Janet was an award-winning luxury cake designer at the top of her field. From the outside, her life looked like a fairy tale dream, but in reality, she was overworked and overwhelmed with the pressure to live up to her external image. This stress caused her to develop a life-threatening digestive disorder, which she almost lost her life to. After five years of being ill and having to prepare her will and arranging for the affairs of her two younger children, she was thankfully fixed by a chiropractor, which gave her a second chance of life. Now it's Janet's mission to help others awaken to the power that they have to reach the levels of success they dream of and experience the abundance that was meant for them. In this episode, Janet and I talk about what the journey was like of reclaiming her life after being chronically ill for five years and leaving her former career behind. She shares with us the secrets to discovering life's purpose and your own unique superpower self. We talk about the importance of letting go of comparison and limiting beliefs in order to live your best life. We also discuss the flawed belief that is so prevalent in our culture that you have to do more in order to be more in order to have more. The truth is that having more and doing more must always come from a place of being more first. 
This is such a powerful episode about the power of radical self-acceptance, reclaiming your power, and living your most aligned and authentic life. If this episode really resonates with you, please do me a favor and share it on your Instagram stories or send the link to a friend who you know could benefit from listening to this powerful episode. Thank you so much for choosing to spend your day with me. I know you could literally be anywhere else, but you have chosen to spend this time with me. And for that, I am forever grateful. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Janet. Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Lee, and I'm a business mindset coach, public speaker, world record holder, power lifter, and self-love advocate. I believe that there is so much power in owning and sharing our story, which is why on this podcast, I interview other powerful women about the challenges that they have overcome to be where they are today. My goal for this podcast is to create a safe space for all women to share their real, raw, and mostly unedited stories that will leave you empowered to live more authentically, openly, and freely. If you're looking to up-level your happiness, success, and fulfillment, then you've come to the right place. Look at this podcast as your weekly dose of personal development and mindset work to help you shift into your most uplifted self. Thank you so much for pressing play today. And now let's find out what's uplifting you today. Welcome back to the Uplifting Podcast. Today, my guest is Janet Mohappy Banks. Janet is a superhero coach for conscious awakening, marrying mindset, metaphysics, and energy work. She is also an international best-selling author. She helps her clients consciously awaken to their superhero self by reconnecting you with your personal power. She lives in the UK with her two children, cat and dog, and serves clients all over the world. Welcome, Janet. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. So I like to start the conversation by having you share a story from your past that got you into the work that you're doing today with helping people to awaken to their superhero self. Yes. So back in the day, um, I was a luxury cake designer. I was at the top of my field. I was one of only two wedding cake designers to be um, recommended by the Ritz Hotel in Mayfair, London. I was in all the wedding magazines, um, on wedding TV, um, you know, I'm really in with all the the most prestigious venues and um, event event planners at the time. Um, and then um, about 18 months after winning a, uh, a prestigious, uh, precious business award, um, I was suddenly struck down with vomiting. Um, and I vomited every day, multiple times a day for nearly five years. Oh, my goodness. It was, it was rather extreme. Yeah, so that meant that I had to close my business. Um, it also led to the breakdown of my marriage. Um, and yeah, you know, and I really thought that I was going to die. Um, the prognosis was a slow death by starvation because um, I, I just wasn't keeping Oh, my goodness. Way. Yeah. Wow. So eventually, sort of about four years um, after I first started vomiting, I got all of my affairs in order. Um, I got my will sorted out. My husband had already left by that point. 
um, and left my two children. My daughter was 11 at the time, and she then took um, over the major care of me and her little brother. I got all my affairs in order, uh, worked out provision for them and somebody to look after them um, if they weren't going to go with their father. And I basically accepted my fate that, you know, that I wasn't going to be there for my, my children's next birthdays. And so I simultaneously accepted my fate, but also went looking in another direction for the answers to my situation. Eventually, I found the answers in a, in a chiropractor, which was a real surprise because I don't know, to me, chiropractors were always kind of clicky back people. They, they weren't somebody you went to for vomiting necessarily. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. So um, on the sixth, sixth visit to the chiropractor, she cracked my back really, really loudly. Um, if you've ever had chiropractic work, it doesn't hurt. It just sounds like it should. She was like, bash. And then I woke up that night um, with the most intense headache in the side of my head, um, which the chiropractor, Jade, thought was the uh, synapses reconnecting. Because we knew from the numerous tests that I had done um, under the Royal Free Hospital in London um, that there was no electrical signal going from my brain to my stomach, and that's why I was vomiting all the time. So food was going in, and then because my my stomach wasn't having any instruction of what to do with it, it would just throw it back out again. So yeah, about four months after the after that treatment, that chiropractic treatment. I woke up pain-free for the first time in over four and a half years. And I can't even describe to you what waking up without pain, without, you know, vomiting all the time is like. It's it's so life-changing. You don't realize when you live without pain what a privilege it is. Yeah, absolutely. I can relate to that actually. Recently, I am a competitive powerlifter. And recently I tweaked my back and I woke up one morning and I couldn't even like sit up in bed. And I was like, oh my God, like just like the basics of like getting out of bed, getting dressed, walking around the house, like were so painful that I was like, oh my God, I take everything in my life for granted. Yeah. You really don't realize just how much you take for granted, I think, until something like that happens to you. Absolutely. So when you were in that state where you said you were like, I mean, basically you had accepted this fate that you were going to die. What or how did you like find that fight still inside of you? Because it sounds like you still had something inside of you that still wanted to live. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think part of it was definitely my children. I mean, my daughter is amazing. And like I say, she was 11 years old at the time that her father left and she was taking care of both me and her little brother. And I knew that I, I wanted to be here still, you know? And yeah, you know, and I had, although I'd had, I had the acceptance and the surrender of accepting my fate, I still had the hope of finding a cure for her, for him, you know, for my son as well. And so, yeah, I think it, it was like a duality thing. You know, you accept on one hand, but you're still striving for the cure on the other hand. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. So after that, what was that process then like of you healing and 
stepping into the work that you're doing now? Well, as soon as I got well, it was originally my intention to um, have a year off of just being well, just enjoying life, enjoying my children. um, And, you know, just basically having like a 12 month holiday before I got sort of got back into the swing of, of living again. But ever the entrepreneur, as soon as I got well, I was just like, okay, I need to be doing something. And I know that I am here to help people. I know that I've been given this this gift of a second chance of living in order to help people realize that there really is a magical, a magical advantage to life that we have to embrace. And, and it's not really... It's your duty to search for the happiness. It's your duty as a as a, a living human being to strive for the joy and the fulfillment every day. And we spend so long, like you said, just taking things for granted that um, I just wanted to to wake people up to that fact and help them awaken to that fact themselves. I love that. So how do we how do we awaken to that? How do we start really? you know, not taking things for granted and stepping into our power? I think it definitely starts with appreciation and gratitude of exactly what you have now. Um, We are taught as a society, especially in the West, um, to be dissatisfied. You know, there's like a a multi-billion dollar advertising industry that's designed to um, make us feel dissatisfied with our lives to make us feel if we just had that extra shiny object, then everything would be fine. But what happens is we get the shiny objects, we get the husbands, we get the houses, we get the jewelry and the makeup and the clothes and everything else, the cars. Um, And we find that, yeah, in the short term, that does make us happy. But in the long term, we kind of normalize it. And then we're still unsatisfied if we don't have this inner happiness for ourselves. That, you know, if we have everything taken away from us, would we still be happy? Yeah, absolutely. Like I always say, you have to take you with you to the destination. So Mm -hmm. it's like whatever that destination is that, you know, you're striving for that goal, whatever it is outside of you, if you're not satisfied with yourself inside, if you don't love yourself and accept yourself within, then all of that like isn't going to mean anything. Exactly. You know, you're still going to be the same person when you get to that destination. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we were trained and we're taught from birth almost to um to fill the gaps that we feel with things. Whereas the only way to properly do it is by looking inwards, is by um absolutely falling in love with every single part of us you know, the good days, the bad days, to really appreciate them. Because in every single bad day, there is something, there is a glimmer of hope somewhere um, that, you know, can make you smile. So one of the things that I uh, do with my clients is for them to start noticing that, to start really, really appreciating, oh, you know what, I had a really good cup of coffee. That made me feel good. Um, you know, a stranger smiled at me, that made me feel good. And as soon as we can really start doing that, and start internalizing the way that we are feeling instead of um, looking externally for it, I think that is what really changes our perception of life. Once we change our perception, then our lives change around us. 
Yeah, that that totally resonates with me. So what do you think is holding people back then? I mean, I know we talked about like where, you know, kind of taught this as a society, but, you know, other than that, like what is really holding us back from living our, our best lives and really like being present in the now and being grateful and, and feeling this sense of, of abundance every single day? I think that, again, we're taught to compare ourselves to other people. And we're taught to try and and uh, become the expectation, yeah. So you know we're living up to who we imagine other people want us to be, rather than allowing ourselves to be exactly who we want to be. You know, like if we're feeling down, we try and hide the fact that we're feeling down because there's sort of some sort of shame attached to that. But feeling down is a perfectly normal and natural part of life. And if we try and suppress that, then that's what causes the illnesses and, you know, the the more severe mental illnesses as well, like severe stress and, um, you know, depression and things like that. Whereas if you allow all the emotions, all the emotions are, are valid, your good emotions, your happy emotions, your excited emotions, your sad emotions, your depressed emotions, all of them are really valid. And so if we allow ourselves to actually just feel through these feelings, feel through all the emotions rather than suppress them, then we get to a point where we really do just accept ourselves and we stop trying to be this like perfect person and we stop trying to people please for everybody else other than ourselves. Yeah. So it's letting go of that comparison and really, really just being our true selves. Yeah, it is. And and it's, it's. It's accepting that we are an individual and we all have quirks and our quirks are what makes us special. Our quirks are what makes us us. Yeah. It's not something to be ashamed of or to try and change. Like that's your superpower, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we only realize our superpowers as soon as we do accept our quirks, as soon as we accept that, you know, we're not like everybody else. And there's no, no two people who are alike. Everybody, including, you know, sort of um, identical siblings, even if they have lived exactly the same days, they will both have had completely different experiences from those days. Um, and it's accepting that and accepting that you really are an individual and you really are special. Um, I use the analogy of a jigsaw piece. We, um, we're we often taught to shave little pieces of our jigsaw piece off to, to fit in with everybody else around us. But by doing that, we lose our sense of self. We lose our sense of who we really, really are. And we also lose the ability to fit in with the people that we were born to be with. Um, Because, you know, we've misshapen ourselves. So by going inwards, by meditating, by journaling, by doing, you know, all of these sort of mindful exercises, we allow ourselves to reform into our unique jigsaw piece puzzle which means that we find our tribe of people who accept us completely for exactly who we are, who for the individual, the unique person, the unique superhero that we really are, instead of trying to fit into somebody else's mold of what the, we think they expect us to be. I love that so much. And you talked about in the beginning, like the first step of discovering your superhero. And I'm sure a lot of people who might be listening are thinking like, 
I don't even know what my superhero power is or what makes me unique. Like, what is that process for somebody who might be in that position right now? Um, I think that what you need to do to find your superhero self is to work out exactly who you want to be. Who do you admire? Who do you admire? And what are the traits about those people that you admire? Also, who do you really not like? Because oftentimes when we find dissatisfaction with somebody else, it's a mirror of of our own belief systems about ourselves. So if somebody is really loud and boisterous and we don't like that about them, then there's a really good chance that we have been suppressing the loud and boisterous side of ourselves. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody's like a mirror to us. I totally, I totally agree. So it's really working out who you were meant to be. And you do that, like I say, by, by finding out what you love about, love about yourself and love about other people, but also on the flip side, finding out what annoys you about people and where you might be suppressing that in yourself. And once you can do that, once you can actually work out who you are, then you, then you can be led by your uh, energy, energetic state so when you get excited about things, that is that is like your soul or your spirit um, sign to you that this is something that you were born to be doing. When you can get into that excitement, you know that period where you could just do something for days and days and days and it will feel like minutes, uh, where you just get yeah, totally absolutely. lost and where you get totally curious and you can just go in search of like researching things for, for days on end just because you're you keep being led down these paths and you find it all really interesting that is a sign yeah. of your purpose that is how you find your purpose your purpose is always always found through your excitement your joy um and like your energy energy of feeling yeah <laughs> that, <laughs> that was a good noise i love that <laughs> I love that. And, you know, it kind of goes back to what we were talking before of like, you know, not comparing and not, you know, not trying to fit yourself into a box that you weren't, you know, was never made for you. It's Mm -hmm. like, I think so many times we, we think that, oh, well, I'm, my parents have told me I need to be this person or society or whatever. This needs to be the career. This, this, this should be my purpose. And again, it's like you said, it's really going after what's bringing you joy and happiness and, and it should be easy and flow Mm -hmm. and it shouldn't, you shouldn't be forcing it. No, absolutely. Um, and one of the thing, I mean, you know, like lying, lying in my deathbed for five years was a really good wake up call to me for what is important, you know? And, you know, cause I, I had the career, I had the success, but I, I realized that I'd made the choice of following that or following my absolute joy and happiness. And, you know, when I got, when I was building my cake career, um, I was completely led by my joy. I loved every single second of it. But then once I got there, it's like my belief system of where I should be was lower than the status that I had achieved. And that's where like imposter syndrome set in. And that's where all the stress set in. And that's when I started trying to prove something to myself prove something to other people, prove my worthiness for being there. And it's as soon as I started doing that, started pushing and proving that everything changed around. And that's when I got ill. 
So when you can be led by your joy instead of like pushed by a fear or pushed by the um, of trying to prove your worthiness, then that is when you are led. That's when you're led by the vision and that's when it does really flow. Um, and yeah, and when your belief systems, but you have to believe, sorry, that that you are worthy of it and everybody is born worthy. Nobody has to prove anything to anybody, but we're not taught that again in society, you know, with like the way that the school system is set up and the way that um, all of education really is set up. We, we're constantly trying to prove our worth. But once we sort of lean back and accept and acknowledge, you know what? I'm already a winner. I got to be here. I got to have this human experience. I'm already a winner. I don't need to keep proving myself. Then we can go for the joy because we've got nothing to prove. We've got nothing to, to you know, compare ourselves to. Mm, I love it. So do you think that when we're trying to push and force things, do you think that that's really like where a lot of the stress and overwhelm comes in our lives? Like, I mean, so many people, you know, it's kind of like this badge of honor that people wear of like, oh, I'm so busy. And oh, yeah, I'm just like, so many things to do. And instead of it just be like, we we're talking about this ease and flow. Yeah, yeah completely. Completely. And, but we're taught that as well, aren't we? It's so strange that, you know, throughout our upbringing, and I'm sure that, you know, my upbringing was, was very, very normal and typical. We are taught that, you know, the harder you work, then the more you're going to get. But in my experience, that's not actually the case. I know people who work tremendously hard, tremendously hard. And, and, you know, they're still sort of just above minimum wage. They're still struggling through. So hard work doesn't equate the abundance that is our natural state of being. Living in flow, living in joy, that, that really does bring it together. Yeah, that's one of my biggest pet peeves recently is this phrase of like, well, if you just work hard and, you know, it just takes hard work. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, like that's a really, we need to get away from this frame of thinking that we have to do more to be more to get more to receive more to be worthy you know to have abundance absolutely and in fact i love that because it's it's all the way upside down isn't it so the re- the way that you get more the way that you have more is to be more first yes yeah so and <laughs> and then and then you know and and it's so the way I the way I describe it with my clients is that we get the intuitive guidance from you know our highest selves, our superhero selves. Um, they're constantly telling us what we should be doing. They're constantly showing us with our emotions the direction of our greatest joy, the direction of our greatest um, abundance, and it comes in through our heads. We we um, we magnetize it. Um, magnify it, sorry, with our hearts, with our heart energy, we amplify it and we really get the power behind it when we, when we feel that love, when we feel that excitement and that joy. And then that automatically manifests into action. Then you take the action and then you get the things. Yeah. Yeah. But if we're taking the action without having the enjoyment, without having the guidance, then it's just action for action's sake. And it doesn't bring you any closer to, to your path of ultimate joy. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that, 
you know, that it's so, it's so much easier said than done. Right. Like even for me, I feel like I'm a recovering workaholic, oh, you know, really? where yeah. no, <laughs> it's like, I used to be a complete control freak. I used to be a, an over the top perfectionist. Um, the reason that I burned out of my uh, cake business was because I literally used to work 36 hours on the trot, like regularly. Yeah. So I'm, I completely hear you when you say that you're a, a recovered workaholic. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, cause even now, cause I, I'm trying to work like four to five hour days, take, you know, regular days off during the week, take the weekends off, like really set these boundaries so that I have a lot more space. Like, even though my work does bring me joy, you know, I really want to be able to also do other things that bring mm -hmm. me joy. And so, but I've noticed that sometimes even like when I was talking, when I told you about when mm -hmm. I hurt my back, I had to just be like, I couldn't even do, you know, like, cause even on the days where I'm, you know, not working, I'm still doing like, I'm going in, going to the beach or going, you know, running errands or whatever. And it's so hard for me to just be. Yeah. So do you have any tips for somebody like that that might just be struggling? Like, I don't know how to just be with myself. Yeah, I would absolutely recommend meditation. I, Honestly, I don't even know where I was without meditation. And I, you know, I've been doing meditation for years now, but I didn't do it for years and years and years, obviously. And a lot of people think that meditation, you know, they've got a, this image of, you know, sort of some monks sitting on concrete floors and having to have completely clear minds. And that puts a lot of people off, I think. And the fact that, you know, they think that you have to do it for days and days and hours and hours or whatever. Totally. I know that's what turned me off initially was that expectation or, you know, idea that that's what it had yeah. to be, right? But I, if you have never meditated before and you just want some time out to allow, allow the guidance from, you know, like your higher self, superhero self, then just take 21 breaths, 21 deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth, being really mindful of your breath. And when a thought comes in, just accept it. Oh, hi, thought. Thanks for popping in. Yeah, I'm just I'm just doing some breathing. Thanks. And you just swish it aside and you go back to concentrating on your breaths, counting your breaths again. And then another thought will come in and again you just you just sweep it to the side. And it's that process of having a thought and and allowing yourself to to not register it, to just sweep it to the side and come back to where your focus is, whether that's, you know, like your breathing or heartbeat or guided meditations, and um, there are some amazing guided meditations that you can do. And just that process, it'll, it helps with every single area of your life. It'll help with your focus, your concentration. And like I say, it'll just relax you properly from the top of your head to the tips of your toes. And it can start with just 21 breaths, and then increase that 21 breaths to five minutes increase the five minutes to 10 minutes, increase the 10 minutes to 20 minutes. And pretty soon, you know, you're going to be meditating for as long as you like. I think the ideal for me um, is at least 20 minutes a day. I generally meditate morning and night. Um, and then at stressful times, I, I meditate more often. Um, my daughter, when she was 13, um, she's 16 now, when she was 13, she um, had heart surgery. And she had six hour heart surgery. Um, and I was waiting in the waiting, you're not in, but I was waiting in her, her room, her hospital room. 
Um, and every half hour I would do another meditation. And I mean, it just grounded me. I knew that she was in exactly the right place and exactly the best hands that she could possibly be in. And I think without meditation, I would have been flying off the walls probably. But yeah, meditation, it just, it just grounds you, grounds your energy and it brings you back. So like I say, just start with 21 breaths. 21 breaths is a fantastic place to start. I love that. Yeah, because it really helps us to get control, like you were saying, of our thoughts. Because, I mean, I'm sure without you doing that meditation, like your thoughts would have just been going crazy while your daughter was, you know, going through that Mm -hmm. surgery. So what do you think the the role of our thoughts really play in our lives? Like, how does that shape our lives? Well, the thing about our thoughts is that our thoughts aren't us. They really aren't. Our thoughts, the things, that little voice that you've got going on in the side of your head, it's generally the recorded messages of everything and everybody you've ever come across. And it's rarely us until we realize that our thoughts are not us and that we have control over our thoughts, just like we have control over our our fingers on a keyboard. Um, And when we can learn to control our thoughts and when we can learn to be the observer of our thoughts. So a thought will come in and you go, oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I I don't choose to accept that. Then again, that is another really pivotal point in your awakening to who you can be and who you really are. When you see your thoughts for what they are, which like I say, is just the recordings of something that you've heard probably between the ages of zero and seven, that's when most of our, our programming goes into our subconscious. And that's what these recorded messages that you keep getting from your amygdala are. You know, you know all the messages that say, oh, you know, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? You know, who do you think you are to be standing up like that? That's all recording. Somebody said that to you a long time ago, and you've just internalized it and thought that that was you. So many people believe that the voice in their head is them, but it really isn't. It isn't them at all. Like I say, it's just the recordings. So when you can observe the recordings and choose whether to accept that thought or not, that's when you can decide who you are going to be in the future. Are you going to be somebody that is the product, the result of all the messages that they've ever had in their past? Or are you going to be the person that you decide you are going to be? I love that. That's so beautiful. And before I ask my last question, is there anything you wish I would have asked you or a final message that you want to leave? I think my final message that I would want to leave is for everybody to realize that we really do get to choose. We really do get to choose whether we live or whether we just exist as a human being. Um, you know, the world, I think the whole planet has gone through this tremendous energetic shift recently, and it's continuing to do so. And we get to choose whether we are going to be happy. We get to choose what makes us happy. And we get to choose whether we want to go for that, or whether we're just going to stay where we are in, in the comfort of our misery. And an awful lot of people are comfortable within their misery. Because uh, their brains are saying, well, at least you're doing something. If you're stressing, at least you're doing something. Yeah. But when you realize that you have control over your thoughts, when you realize that you can choose to have the, the happiest life that you want, when you realize that you can choose to be completely fulfilled in what you do, that's when your life will change. 
And it's not always easy, but that's okay. It's okay not to be easy because you know that on the other side of the discomfort is this wonderful life that you really want. It doesn't have to be mediocre. It doesn't have to be just getting by. It can be so much more than that. And it's I, I truly believe that it's your duty to yourself to do that. I love that. Absolutely. Well, I've loved this conversation so much and I just want to acknowledge you for all of the incredible work that you are doing. It's just so needed, you know, to really help people to awaken to the superhero that is within all of us. So my final question that I ask everybody is related to taking action, because I really believe that taking inspired action is how we, you know, integrate what we learn through these podcasts and through reading books and everything like that. So what would be three action steps that someone could take today to live a more uplifted life? Oh, three action steps would be to start um, to start actually properly, not just writing a list of five things that you're grateful for. I'm grateful for my house. I'm grateful for my children. I'm grateful for my health. But actually feeling into those things properly. So you take it to another level. Where would your life be if you didn't have those things? So yeah, uh, gratitude and appreciation every day for um for what you really have in your life and everybody has far more than they ever really realize so that would be my first one is to really appreciate your life as it is now and like I say just go a a stage deeper than just writing a single line about it really feel in the emotion of having that thing my second point would be meditation start a meditation practice it will change your life um, and my third point would be at the end of your day to write out your book of wins, to write out the things that have made you feel good that day. Like I say, even on the darkest days, something, there's going to be something that has made you just relax for three seconds and made you smile for two seconds. And really taking note of those things just as you're falling asleep will again, it it changes the brainwaves as you're sleeping and you will wake up feeling more positive. Mm, I love it. I love it. This has been so great. So where can everybody find you and learn more about you and connect with you? Um, I have a website, JanetMohappyBanksCoaching.com. And you can also find me on Facebook. I am the only Janet Banks there is. And thank you so much for having me. I've really, really enjoyed talking to you. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing a piece of your day with me. If you loved this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss one. If this episode really resonated with you, it would mean so much to me if you screenshot and share it with your friends and family or share it on your Instagram story. You can also rate and review the podcast on iTunes, which helps me spread the message and get the podcast heard by more people. For more self-love and powerlifting inspiration, come follow me on Instagram or join my private Facebook group, Self Love School. The links are in the show notes. And until next time, stay uplifted.